Your Newcastle. Welcome to Your Newcastle. Today I'm joined by the amazing Dr. Peter Cock, who is a CEO of our Newcastle Airport. But more importantly, I have a very special co-host, the CEO of the City of Newcastle, Jeremy Barth. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you, Lord Mayor. More importantly, well, Peter, uh, apologies up front on behalf of uh, the Lord Mayor. <laughs> no, no, I'm just pleased to be here. That's all good. Well, the, so way, good. the way I said more importantly is because the CEO heard we were doing a podcast and he kept saying to everybody in the office, well, when is my turn? When is my turn? Oh, well, there you go. There you go. I think it was a little more subtle than that. But uh, yeah, but anyway, not, not that. let history record it your way, Lord Mayor. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, keep it, we'll keep that history recording my way. <laughs> The Newcastle Airport has had probably one of its most challenging times in its history, like every other airport around the world. Peter, you have led us through, as a CEO of Newcastle Airport, through this global pandemic, which we're still in, but also at the same time managed to work very collaboratively with all levels of government to win a $66 million grant from the federal government. Tell us a little bit about your leadership, Peter. Oh, I mean, I think it's a collaborative space in terms of the grant. I'm not sure if win's quite the right word. <laughs> it was a lot of hard work. It was that dichotomy of whilst, yeah, the airport was, was not going well. And, and for some months, we had 400 passengers when we'd normally have 104,000 passengers. So we're 99.9% down. So it's seeing through that about the robustness, and it's it's not the robustness of us so much as as an airport, but of the region, that this region was going to get through it. We have such fundamental economic drivers in the region. So, and to be honest, the support of people like the city of Newcastle and our other stakeholders kind of gets you through because other people have faith as well. So if you're having a bad day, you can talk to one of your stakeholders and they're positive about it. And you go, oh, okay, yeah, and you can kind of rev yourself up again. Peter, we'll get to the $66 million grant that, that was recently announced by the federal government soon and talk about why why the federal government have given you $66 million and what the benefits will be for the city, for the region, for the, the catchment that the airport serves. But can you talk a little bit about what the eight, last 18 months has been like for you and for your executive team? On the one hand, you've had to, to guide an airport through a global pandemic that is still far from being over, um, and at the same time, but continue to advocate for, for, for money from state and federal governments. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, it probably gets back to New Atali's question about leadership. What's the type of leadership? I think it's about being very honest and transparent with the team. We quickly went to having weekly whole of staff briefings. And so we were doing that virtually, of course, because we, I think one we had was the last one, we were all in the office and then everyone dispersed. And then we were went to virtual. So it wasn't about painting a picture to, to people like it's all going to be okay when and setting some date it was it was saying that we giving them the confidence that we can get through it that we've got a vision for the business and that we we are, have got a robust business and that we can strive and, and get through it together because i think if you put up false hope you know like oh it'll be over by christmas or it'll be over by whatever date or whatever event then um when it doesn't happen people are very disappointed and thinking back to those days it was almost like you were running your business by what the announcement was on TV. They had the Friday... The Prime Minister's press conference yeah, was, was daily right. viewing, wasn't that's it? That's right. And you mm. knew what you were going to do in your business the next day and you were mm. thinking about it overnight. So. But you also had the challenge of 
what to do with your employees. Now, unfortunately, and, and like most airports, you had to make a decision to stand down a number of your employees. But for other employees, you had to be quite creative in what you actually had them do because there were no planes in the sky. There were no customers coming through the through the airport. What did you do with your staff? Mm. So the stand downs actually came quite late in the piece. Early on, we tried to keep our team together because they're quite highly skilled and they've got quite specialist skills. So you don't want to have to retrain those staff and also we're, we're quite a family out there I mean when Jetsar made the decision to close the hangar it was quite fundamental to our whole campus because you would see those people on a daily basis you'd in the coffee shop to them you'd say hello to them so we are very much a family at the airport in terms of staff we we knew, we could get them working we painted the terminal mm. we redid our landscaping we've revamped the departures lounge and they were doing laboring for that and some of the other staff the 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 office staff were actually quite busy we were as you say we were still advocating uh for our for our upgrades we were working with airlines we were having as much contact as they could bear though they'd put lots of staff off as well that then threw the burden to us to sort of show well what's the recovery going to look like and we would do surveying of the of the region and then put pictures together so that conversation with airlines never stopped throughout the whole whole time your newcastle your podcast got feedback or suggestions for us connect via the podcast link at newcastle.nsw.gov.au i think it's important to understand people that aren't exposed to that industry, the aviation industry, during a global pandemic, like we've seen, you hear about it, but unless you're actually in the thick of it, it's hard to imagine uh, what it's like for the team at the airport. For us as uh, shareholders and board members, we went to you know weekly briefings and meetings. You know, you're looking at your passenger numbers just fall through the floor, mm. and you know, modelling those project- projections that are very dependent on a global pandemic that is really outside of all of our control. So, you know, they were pretty tough times. But whilst that was going on and people are sometimes, you know, like a lot of staff, working harder than they've ever worked, Mm. and I I saw that with you, Peter, and, you know, the similar thing happened within our own business at Council, we're also still planning for the future. And I think that's what has been really recognised through that federal government funding Uh, of the $66 million. And, you know, I think people in Newcastle know about it and they're pretty happy about it. But talk us through what that means because I think that for a long time people in Newcastle thought, oh, yeah, one day Williamtown, Newcastle Airport, is probably going to be international. But there was always a very large piece of infrastructure that would never allow us to actually take those wide-body jets in. And that was the runway was only code C and we needed it to be code E. So what does that mean? Mm. So early on, I mean, I think when I first came to the company in about 2015, we kind of had this thing about, well, what are we going to be when we grow up? Like what's our what's our ultimate scale and, and what can we achieve and how can we enable the region? You know, our, our reason for being is to be the airport the region deserves. So we had to know what that meant to fulfil that. And, and part of that was buying additional land. So that's one of the first planks we put in place. And, and our shareholders, as you guys, had that confidence to invest in the future of the region. And that was enabled this to happen as well as one of the planks. In terms of the runway, yeah, we realised quite early that it wasn't able to cope with the larger aircraft. It's not about length, it's it's three kilometres long, so it's plenty long enough. It's just not thick enough and strong enough. So it needs to be slightly wider, it needs things called flanks, and it needs to be stronger and and coincidentally the lights need to move because edge lights on runways to stop so the and, and Peter to be going. clear 
the the code E aircraft that the Lord Mayor refers to, they're they're bigger and and consequently what it means is that they can fly further without refueling. So rather than flying a seasonal route to Auckland, um, which a a code C plane can do, you can now fly or you will be able to now accommodate planes that can fly directly from Newcastle to almost every corner of the globe. It's it's a problem with aviation. You quickly fall into jargon. So you know, talk wide body code E. So basically, it's people would know they're the aircraft with twin aisles. So when you go into an aircraft and you've got, you know, normally three seats, the aisle, four seats, in the, a bank in the middle, and then another aisle, and then three. So that's like a, you know, to use codes again, A330 or 787, people would know those types of aircraft. So, the, yeah, they are bigger. They carry more fuel, more people. So they might go from 180 seat to 290, 350, that sort of range of people. So much bigger, but also importantly, carry more freight. So they, they've got the capacity to carry freight travelling internationally, which is an amazing thing. The, the upgrade will, will generate about $12.7 billion worth of economic activity and over 4,500 jobs. Half of those are in freight and half of those are in new industries that will come into this region. Freight's a really important component of ultimately what convinced the federal government to to fund this expansion of, of the runway. And, and we'll come back to that in a moment. I know the Lord Mayor wants to talk about that. But can you just identify what are some of the potential destinations that will be available to Newcastle through the expansion of the runway? Yeah, absolutely. We know we've got three markets, which are over 200,000 people to and from each year, and that's New Zealand, of course, it's one of Australia's biggest partners, the US, so that gets a lot of traffic, that's over 200,000 people, and also Europe, so 200,000 people come and go, or 200,000 flights come and go, Um, and once you start talking about Europe, you have to go there with one stop at the moment, Um, so that's either the Middle East or an Asian hub, so our our very strong uh, desire is around Singapore. Um, and, and we think that's the most obvious one because then that, that both gets you into very big range of on connections, particularly into Europe and multiple destinations, but also into Asia. And importantly, it brings a number of very big tourism markets back into Australia or back into the Hunter. And that's China, that's India, and that's places like Singapore itself. Of course, KL is another Asian hub. Not quite as big, but still desirable, and also the Middle Eastern hubs. I mean, they're they're really they're really good, and particularly going into they also go back into India and, and Africa, and 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 very good connections into multiple European locations. That seems like a really good growth plan that people can get their heads around. A lot of people have travelled; they understand sort of what a wide-bodied aircraft is if they've been on one with the two aisles, more capacity. But I think one of the really key components around the projected $12.7 billion economic impact to this region that uh, the Cody upgrade would bring to us is what you'd both just mentioned, and that was around freight and logistics and those type of opportunities, particularly for the Hunter and the Valley being a good producing region and also with opportunities for further production, particularly in the short periods of time, even to the, the closer Asian destinations, particularly for fresh food and fresh produce. Talk us through what those sort of freight and logistic opportunities look like for us. Oh, very much so. I mean, I think there's there's sort of two categories in my mind. There's where we've already got very big strengths, and that's obviously in the wine, the dairy, uh, seafood, because it's north, north, uh, northern New South Wales, north coast, and also some industrial parts. You've got the people like Amp Control who are just 
dynamos, you know, there's these amazing local companies who can and are very good at exporting and also people that need imports as well. Mining companies often need just-in-time imports, particularly for for really critical bits of equipment. That's really important for them. And then you've got the industries which haven't started yet. So that's the really exciting bit. You, you hear someone like Brian McWigan, he just waxes lyrical about the fertile valleys and <laughs> what it can produce. What we need is entrepreneurs to come and think about what they might want to produce. The freight is an enabler. And you need the great minds to think about, you know, how they're going to use that and, and benefit the region from that and themselves. It's your Newcastle. Access all our services and resources at newcastle.nsw.gov.au. A part of the advocacy that we embarked on around looking at how we can convince both state and federal governments of the importance of this asset and investing in this asset for the region was talking to Infrastructure Australia around uh, what their priorities were that were of national significance. We started that conversation at the City of Newcastle with Romilly Madhu, the CEO, and it was wonderful to see them actually recognise the importance of both the entertainment precinct in the centre of Newcastle as new but nationally significant infrastructure, but at the same time recognise very importantly Newcastle Airport as nationally significant infrastructure which then allowed that flow-on effect of the grant to come to us. There has been a really multifaceted approach from both Port Stephens Council, City of Newcastle, as the joint shareholders, the team at the airport led by yourself, particularly the work of Stephen Crow. There also has been huge amount of support from community and business in Newcastle. What does it feel like to be, you know, the, the one airport that everyone gathers around and supports? Oh, it's great. It's it's kind of humbling, really, that we can we can sort of galvanise that interest. And I think that's now the announcement's been made. Um, and I should say shout out to your economic development team. I mean, it took us two goes to get the Infrastructure Australia listing and they weren't they were persistent and they didn't give up so and they were pushing us which is which is great to have partners that do that though I think now what we want to do is make sure everyone benefits because it's we we talk to the region about that joint benefit for everyone now we're just so excited about it and want want businesses to get on board and see how they can benefit and and, and grow their businesses. Peter, we, we've all heard that, that expression a, a thousand times of build it and they will come that's not quite the case for for the, the runway. You, it absolutely will now get built, and, and of course, as we've discussed, it'll be funded by the federal government, as it should be, but you've still now got to actually convince airlines around the world that they should fly direct to Newcastle in or opposed to flying direct to Sydney. Now, Sydney's an amazing city. It's one of the, the greatest cities in the world. It's, it's the, the, the beacon for many people when they, when they want to come to Australia. How are you going to convince airlines to fly direct to Newcastle? Is it a different product? Yeah, and, and, and really it relies... It, aviation is very numbers-based. It's very statistical. And so we've got a population or a catchment. So our catchment extends beyond the Hunter Valley. It goes up into Armidale. We get passengers from Armidale coming in from Central Coast up. So we've got 1.1, 1.3 million people who would sensibly use our airport if it had a direct flight. So airlines listen to that. And so that's that's part of the story. There's that outbound traffic. And we need to prosecute that case. And we talk to them about the, the housing prices and the perception of wealth. And we talk to them about average incomes. And we compare ourselves with other, ca- other centres. And there's also a really strong propensity for people that are living within the catchment that you refer to that goes right up to the Tweed to fly internationally. 
Oh, yeah. For whatever reason, we love to, to get on a plane and, and fly overseas. Tourism Australia do surveys, and we do parallel surveys at the same time. And our region is always more, have a high propensity to fly, keener to fly more early. In terms of making the business case, though, I think it's also the inbound product is really important. And I was just down at a tourism conference and Port Stephens and Newcastle and the Hunter Valley were all represented. And it was there's a lot of energy. There was a thousand people at the um, conference centre down in Sydney and they were, they were selling products and they were talking about that. And we talked to about, I've, I've probably had meetings with 15 airlines in terms of promoting our region and they were all very interested. They were, they were really interested in the numbers and, and what we can bring to them. Because you have to remember there's other cities say, for example, Gold Coast, who are getting these flights and they're close to Brisbane. So it's not we're not trying to propose anything that's not that's unusual in Australia. It's just um, an evolution. Of, and, of course, we have to make our case. Your Newcastle is changing daily and we care about you. Have your say at newcastle.nsw.gov.au. For us that live in this region and also love this region, there's a huge amount of convenience to Newcastle Airport being able to fly internationally. You know, there's a pretty decent slog down to Sydney at the end of a long-haul flight there and back. That convenience and uh, offering that level of service and being the airport the region deserves is, I think, one of those competitive advantages that that Newcastle Airport has. The other one, I think, is, you know, for us here in a region where we've been working very hard on getting the upgrade to the runway, which is a technically a federal government asset because it's owned by defence and we have a lease back to to use it for the domestic and now international side of the airport. There are a few steps we need to go through as an airport to make sure all of the associated infrastructure is up to grade. So talk us through those next steps for us here at the airport. We'd be looking really to upgrade the terminal and a lot of the associated infrastructure to actually handle those potential international visitors. Mm. There's one uh, one sort of case for using the airport by locals I'll, I'll put first, so before I talk about that. What people might not know is that all the profits from the airport either go back to be reinvested in making the airport better or goes to Newcastle or Port Stephens, whose job it is to make your life better. Mm. So it. Uh, you know, why would you go to somewhere where the profits go somewhere else? Go to somewhere where they invest back in your life. It just seems to make so much sense to me. Anyway, I just, maybe I, that's, that's who I am. It makes sense yeah. to me too, yeah. Peter. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we, we all um, try and use it as much as possible. But yeah, people, yeah. you know, people are busy and the convenience of flying out of Newcastle Airport is for, for someone that lives in Newcastle so much better than having to travel back and forth to Sydney. Yeah. And I think that's an experience for people that you know live at the Central Coast or in the Hunter or Northern New South Wales. There's also an airport business that people would understand if they've travelled and been to airports. But there's also a really other important side that we've touched on talking today about our airport business, and that is the land expansion. And it's something that we at the City of Newcastle, together with Port Stephens, have been really keen to diversify you know, our offering and our investment into the airport. The Astra Aero Lab lands that sit adjacent to the airport, that's very much part of our business at the airport, are really, really important in terms of the growth and economic development, not just in aviation, but of that whole precinct. Mm. I'll probably I'll, I'll go back to though the expansion of the airport. Your your original question, I kind of 
went sideways on because I think that's that's something people are going to really see. People would know that they get on a, a, a plane to fly to Melbourne or something and it's, it contains about 180 people. So to get a 300-seat aeroplane out, you've got to have bigger spaces because the, the spaces we've got now just aren't big enough. And particularly with international, um, we need that, those bigger facilities. So where people pick their bags up with the baggage belts, there's a new baggage belt that's going to go in and it's, it'll be about twice as long as the current baggage belts. And above that area, it's all concrete slab. So what we're going to do is we're building more terminal space up there. So there'll be much bigger, roomier spaces. And the forecourt's unlikely to be able to cope with the increased traffic. So within the next, say, five years, we'll have a new forecourt in. So it's going to be an exciting space. It's going to be you're going to walk to get your bags. It's going to be double height. It's going to be, you know, a a real balance of creating grandeur, but still affordable. So... So Peter, and, and, and that makes perfect sense because part of the business case showed that the expansion of the runway and, and being able to secure permanent international flights could lead to between 800,000 and even a million extra passengers a year. Well, quite clearly, they can't be accommodated in the existing sized uh, airport terminal. And, and one of the things that the that yourself and, and the board have really driven over the last couple of years has making it a Newcastle airport a stress free destination mm. so therefore clearly if it's going to continue to be stress-free then you need to be have a bigger terminal so that people aren't feeling squashed so yeah. to speak when they're when they're when they're waiting or waiting for people or waiting for for their flights how much is that terminal expansion going to cost and who's going to pay for it there's a, a bit to do to, to build for the code and there's a bit to increase domestic because at, at the tourism conference three airports came to us and said we were their most desired new route that was perth hobart and adelaide So just to recap, you've just heard from Perth, Hobart and Adelaide and Newcastle is their most desired destination. Yep, desired new route. They all want to come to us and we're we're working with them on business cases and how we can show to airlines that that that, that flying will work. So you're right. So if we've got Sydney, you know, Sydney, Brisbane, Gold Coast and and Perth, Adelaide and Hobart all flying out at the same time. Melbourne. yeah, you've got to have Melbourne. Sorry, you've got to have the right, got to have the right gates. So you've got to have the right... Don't so, forget cans. Don't forget cans, mm, of course. Exactly. Of course, of course. So the, the Code C bit, so that's, that's just domestic expansion because we'll always focus on making sure we serve those domestic routes. And then there's the Code E International. Altogether, it's almost around the $80 million mark. So it's significant, significant build. We've got a $66 million grant from the federal government. They're spending about $110 million on their part of it. So if you're starting at adding these numbers up, you're sort of around the close to $250 million they're going to get spent within the precinct in the next three years. So there's significant economic uplift in terms of that regional development, regional jobs. We'll all try and source locally, source labour locally, source contracts locally. So in and of itself, it's just this huge economic uplift. And then you've got the flow on effect. And just to be clear, the terminal upgrade has to happen. That is something that, that you and your executive team are now not just proposing, but are actually getting ready to build for. Yeah, we're in design. We're, we've got a preliminary design and we're now working that up. And that $80 million, where does that come from? Well, we're, we're talking about working with the New South Wales government. Um, we know they've got a special activation precinct out at the airport and around the Williamtown area. And we're keen to partner with them. We don't want a sort of um, a freebie. We want to work with people and partner with people. That's a business case that's being worked up at the moment. We're kind of hopeful that, that we'll have a partner in the New South Wales government because that would mean local governments 
absolutely boots and all committed. Federal governments has absolutely committed. So now we just need the state government, and you've got that all levels of government contributing to what is an amazing uplift for recognising the state government has already partnered up with Newcastle yeah. Airport to the value of I think it was twelve million dollars. Yeah, so they've put a grant into the Astra Aerolab that eleven and eleven point eight million dollars, and. The last terminal upgrade was part funded by the New South Wales government as well. That was a, over $11 million. So they've shown confidence in us. And that $11 million grant for the terminal upgrade, that actually increased uh, our traffic. That had about a 10% increase in traffic volumes because of that, which really increased the value of the business and the economic activity. So we've shown we can deliver. The capital got delivered well. We've shown the economic uplift. So I think we're a pretty good investment. Absolutely. And you touched a little bit on the Astra Aerolab precinct, which is in its very early stages of development. So I find when you're delivering infrastructure, like you do in local government in particular, until it's actually built and people can see it and touch it, it's hard for people to imagine. But that is a very important component of the airport business. It's probably more difficult for people to wrap their head around what's going to go in the precinct right next to the airport. But for me, I'm very passionate about that side of the airport, particularly in the types of high value jobs that that could and should be created in that precinct and the types of partnerships we'll see with uh, TAFE and the University of Newcastle. I think that is as as it as exciting for us here in the community as the terminal upgrade and the possibility of inbound and outbound international flights. Yeah, and we talk about the planning and, and the Metro plan and the Greater Newcastle plan all talk about about five to 6,000 jobs being created at the in the airport precinct. And this is how it's going to happen. So it is primarily supporting the defence base. So you've got that defence contractors, you've got the people who've already got BAE on site they're talking about a quite a significant expansion to support the F-35 project. We've got other big prime contract, defence prime contractors in the region who are needing to expand and need high quality accommodation to expand. So phase one's built. There's a new roundabout at the airport. And actually, if you go over a little rise, it actually opens up in front of you. So there's a lot, a lot developed there. There's flat level blocks. We're actually talking to people about leasing at the moment. Um, you've got Leading Edge who have gone into the city of Newcastle but are very keen to come out and support defence defence primes and once we do that there's a lot of commonality between the defence contractors and what might provide mining technology or agri-tech which again play into very core regional strengths so I think our approach is to support what our regional strengths not try and create something new because we've already got such great things we do anyway let's enhance that that heritage of manufacturing we've got in the region for example it really is quite of course in order to be able to build Astra Aero Lab first of all you had to over a number of years secure the land that's never an easy achievement to, to do, but that is something that the airport has been able to do over, over a number of years. And they've bought a very significant parcel, multiple parcels of land. You actually continued to buy land during the pandemic, which is, which is brave, but also something that certainly I know, Lord Mayor, you and I both are very supportive of in terms of, of really locking down and diversifying the income stream of the airport so that... Look, I think they're like, you know, hopefully we're not going to go through another another pandemic anytime soon, but it really does solidify the strength of the airport, its ability. So it's no longer reliant on having planes in the sky. Yeah, I think what, what the pandemic taught us was you need that diversification and lots of businesses have thought have, have recognised that and are diversifying their business. We were there already. We'd started doing it, but um, I think the pandemic just reinforced it with us. I think the purchase of the land, it, it just really goes to show the confidence our shareholders have in our business. 
and but more importantly the willingness to invest in the future of the region i think you can't underestimate the the runway say that produces about four or five thousand jobs the astra aero lab that's about eight thousand jobs that are being created for the future of this region through the investment of two local governments so it's it's absolutely not relying on um, macquarie street or or canberra to do something it's it's uh, self-generating within this region investing within this region so i think it's just just such a great example of regional development that's why we're so passionate about Newcastle Airport. <laughs> and we spend so much time there with you, Peter. No, that's great. It's really exciting to be able to talk to you about your leadership, Peter, your vision for the airport, and also to have the CEO on our Your Newcastle, City of Newcastle podcast. We finally had a topic that the CEO was interested in, <laughs> and he jumped at the chance. <laughs> so thank you, Jeremy, for co-hosting. My pleasure, Lord Mayor. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. That's Your Newcastle. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate and review us wherever you listen.